You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 31, Joy G. Wild. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. This week, we have Joy G. Wild, who is joining us from Istanbul, Turkey. On this episode, we talk about how Joy accidentally discovered Bobby's Pole Studio in Sydney while looking to train Chinese pole, and how she became instantly hooked and changed her focus from circus performance to contemporary pole, the struggles of opening and running the first pole studio in the conservative country of Turkey, Her experience being deemed immoral and attacked by the press for doing a pole performance on the television show Turkey's Got Talent, and her passion for empowering women and literally changing lives by continuing her work as a pole instructor and evangelist in her home country. And don't forget to check out Joy's post-podcast interview on the blog at poleparlor.com where she shares her favorite photos, music, video, and more. And while you're there, check out the new merch available on the Pole Parlor shop page. So now, without further delay, let's bring on Joy G. Wild. Welcome, Joy G. Wild, to the Pole Parlor podcast. How are you today? I am great. Thanks, Crimson. Thank you for having me here. It was great watching all the Paul Parlor podcasts, and it's honorable to be a part of it. Oh, well, I'm so excited that you agreed to be on it, and I'm so excited to have such an exotic person on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Exotic? I don't know. (laughs) All the way from Turkey, (laughs) which we will talk about. So we'll jump on in with the first question we ask everyone. For how long have you been polling, and how did you first discover pole dance? Um, now I have been polling since 2011, which makes like five years this year. Mm-hmm. And it's a very funny story how I discovered pole dancing actually, because I had no idea what pole dancing was whatsoever, because we don't have clubs in Turkey that has poles or like we don't have a striptease club culture at all. So I had no idea, and I was a static trapezist when I decided to go to Australia to learn more about rigging and how to manufacture circus appearances, and I decided to go to Sydney, but there wasn't so much static trapezists there when I was there, So, but there was a couple of Chinese polars, and I decided to give it a try. It looked hard, but, you know... It's better than nothing. So I started hanging out with them, and I loved it. I loved the idea of like a, of a pole to climb on, to monkey on, or like do stuff. But once or twice a week wasn't enough. So I decided to Google it. Like you know, maybe yeah. there's another pole thing in Sydney, and you know, Australia is like the sexiest <laughs> of all. And there I was. 
a tomboy with like short hair and you know doesn't wear anything but like baggy clothes and a sporty person generally so I decided I said Paul Sydney and I didn't even check the website I just saw like the first website came up was Bobby studio yeah. and I just took the address I didn't even check the website I did <laughs> later on and then I realized that. so I got the address and I was like walking la 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 and I was like very happy I'm going to meet some other poll people so I just entered and immediately I realized that I had a different idea of Paul in my mind. It is not Chinese there, Paul. Bobby's is not. It is Chinese not Chinese Paul. <laughs> there were pink fluffy carpets, red light everywhere. Women, gorgeous women with like lacy bras and thongs and high heels walking around, and I was like, um, I think I'm in the wrong place. But I'm not sure. Let me ask. So I just walked in. I was like, okay, I'm looking for the Bobby's Paul studio, you know, to do Paul. And I was like, hey, welcome. And the girl uh, who was at the reception desk was so cute and welcoming. And everybody was so, like, loving, even though I really looked out of place back then in that studio. So I was like, all right, well, it's, it's a Paul. I will give it a try. It's the same thing, I thought, you know. So I was like, okay, I'm strong. I have done this and that. So maybe you can show me a couple of things and you can, you know, put me in an appropriate level. Little did I know uh, that, you know, people would start maybe with normal clothes in the beginner class, but they would advance to the scary eight-inch heels and like twerking in the upper levels. So they put me in an advanced class because I was able to do a handspring. Oh, you could do uh, the handspring when you first started? Yes, that was very annoying for a lot of people. <laughs> but with a handspring, a cup grip handspring is a couple of the first thing that you learn in Chinese pole. I mean, uh, it's like a basic move that you need to learn. Okay. So I already had that. I had my strength when I started pole. Um, and I had the Chinese pole technique, which was fine. But I was never on a spinning pole. Never, ever. And I was never naked or half naked <laughs> on any kind of pole so my skin was unprepared so I went to this class and there was Chili. Chili Rux is my favorite favorite all-time instructor in Bobby's pole studio and she was smiling and so energetic and she was like okay now we are going to start and then they started hip rolling and twerking and I didn't know what to do because I, it was the first time that I saw something like that and there were like buttons everywhere I looked, you know. I was looking right, I was like, oh, that's a twerking bum. I don't know if I should look or admire or what. Mine doesn't look like that. Mine doesn't do that for sure. So I just, you know, I just started laughing at myself and went on with it. And then I took it as a challenge. And I was able to do the handspring, yes, but I had no idea how to climb the pole like they do. And I was sick when I started spinning upside down, and they only had spinning poles, and I almost vomited on the carpet. <laughs> so I was like, guys, I know you put me in an advanced level, but I think I should start from beginners, you know, because it's clear that I don't know some of the stuff you do, especially that body roll, I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> 
And it was kind of embarrassing, but it, I took it as a challenge and it was fun. And everybody was so sassy, even though they were all different from each other. And I admired that. And I wanted to be able to be like that. So I just started pole dancing. So a couple questions there. A, for, so Chinese pole, which is what you first started doing, that's not even metal, right? What is the material of a Chinese pole? Um, the, the, it's, it's different everywhere, actually. There are some rubber-coated ones. Mm -hmm. There are some uh, fabric-coated ones. And okay. my one was actually metal, but they were putting on some sort of what they call pole shit, which you, <laughs> like, yes, it, it is really called pole shit because it's so sticky, like a material that you boil rosin and something, something, something that I don't know what. And it's like a gluey material. So before we put on it, they put that thing on the pole and it sticks to you, okay. basically. So it's it a completely different apparatus. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. It is definitely. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then how long did you stay in Sydney and were you like training at Bobby's? I was in total in Sydney for five months, I okay. think, and I discovered pole dancing in the last uh, three months, okay. and I was there every day, wow. basically. I was taking like three classes in a row, four classes in a row, I was bruised everywhere, everybody was like, are you kind of crazy? And I was like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so you left Turkey, a trapeze artist, and you returned a pole dancer. Yes, my mom wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, you know, it's, it's um, you know, they, they kind of go hand in hand. The circus can kind of lead to other things, you know. They can kind of, they're all performance-based at least. So it wasn't so much of a change. But, like, was there a, when you returned to Turkey... Is there a pole community there that you were all of a sudden, okay, well, now I want to do pole and back in Turkey. I don't want to do trapeze as much. So what happened? No, there wasn't a pole community at all when I come back to Turkey. There was only like one girl who was doing pole from Russia who works uh, with me as an exotic pole dance teacher right now in my studio too. And she was the only one who was doing pole, but not like acrobatic pole like I learned how to do in Australia. And the only reason why I came back to Turkey is actually because I wanted Turkish women to have pole in their lives. Because um, I actually didn't want to go back to Turkey or continue living there because it is a very patriarchal and conservative culture it's kind of hard to be a woman there you know you raise you are raised as a very suppressed individual and the idea of sexy was uh is still just one you know you have to wear makeup you have to wear high heels you have to wear a certain type of clothing you have to have your hair long otherwise you're not going to be able to be sexy and we are taught like that when we are little you know people would look at you and say oh you're not sexy but it's okay you're smart or you're funny so I believed that when I was a kid because I was always interested in sports or motorcycles or things that were, boys were interested in 
like in our culture anyway. And I wasn't interested in high hills or shopping that much. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to be sexy, but I'm smart. You know, I can cope. Somebody will like me the way that I am, hopefully. So you kind of believe that and accept that fact. And when I was in Sydney, when I was there with everyone individually different and sexy within themselves, I really started to understand what sensuality is and that sexy is an attitude and it's nothing at all how you look about how you look like and it's all about like in you rather than what somebody else says so i was like damn it we need to learn that as a culture like i want to spread this idea and i want to find girls like me or people like me who felt weirded out because of this idea and probably thinking that they're not going to be able to sexy and I want to be able to empower them with this new knowledge that I have. That's so cool. So, so your initial yeah. idea was that you were going to stay in Sydney? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so you decided I'm not staying in Sydney. I'm going to go back to Turkey and I'm going to do this poll thing and I'm going to connect with these women. So what happens? Tell us that, tell us that journey. Because <laughs> I'm well, sure it wasn't easy. It's not like probably opening a studio in Australia or the US. No, it wasn't like that. Well, I didn't have any money neither, by the way, to be able to do that. Yeah. So I just got back and I, at the time, I was also a tattoo artist. So I was oh. working as a tattoo artist. So I was like kind of looking for a place that I can teach, and I realized that a salsa studio, which is coincidentally happened to me right across my tattoo parlor, uh, was had two poles. It was very bad poles, but they, you know, they just somebody wanted it. You know, they just wanted to have fun at a party, and they put it, and they had a pole dance lesson, but it was just you know walking around the pole for mm-hmm. some women. So I was like, I went there and was like, well, I did pole dance in Sydney and I can do this and that. And I would love to be able to teach in the studio. And the guy said, fine, if you can find students, then I'll be able to open you a class. Uh, so I just started asking my friends if they wanted to have some if they wanted to come to class and I started teaching there. But as soon as I started teaching there, I realized that it wasn't going to be able to exist in a studio, which is filled with, you know, other dancers and male people. And it was dirty. Nobody else was cleaning it. Everyone was walking around with their like dirty feet and because it's Turkey, everybody else was looking at us as like, why are they wearing with those like those tiny shorts? You know, why are they half naked? Why are they wearing those heels or something? So it was kind of unsettling. And I was like, okay, I really need to find a place. But um, at the same time, I didn't know what kind of a marketing plan that I could use because you can't really say, hey, pole dance, you know, we do this and that and we want to empower women. Really? In Turkey? Nuh-uh. So I was like kind of scared, but 
I admitted the fact that maybe I would be able to, you know, somebody would deport me out of the country. So I accepted that fact. And I was like, okay, you know, that's the worst case scenario. You know, somebody would kick me out of the country. And I didn't want to live here in the first place. So it, it's, it's not so much of a loss. <laughs> so, it's a good attitude to have, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I, yeah, and at the same time, I was like, I had the best friend, which we are business partners now, and she was a dancer. She was a hip-hop dancer, and she wanted to have a place of her own to be able to practice as well. She was working at another company. I talked to her. I told her that I wanted to be able to do this with her, and she said, yeah, why not? So we started looking at some places. We found a place which was really expensive, and we couldn't afford it. So I have no idea how, but I somehow convinced the owner of the building to give us the space. And in return, we would be able to give 75% of our profit to them. I don't know why I said 75. I have no idea why that was the worst business decision that I ever had. But... But it gave us the space, you know, and we didn't really earn much in the first year anyway. So, you know, we were kind of giving some money, but it wasn't much. And as, you know, as we grow, it was ridiculous amount of percentage anyway. So we decided to get our own space, but we started out with four students. And that four students became eight. And those eight people are still my trainers now. So they didn't quit. Like they were like, we were such a small, connected bodies, like sisterhood kind of feeling. And that's what I also love about pole community as well. Like it creates a sisterhoodness feeling. And we love the way that it made us feel. So everybody like told other people and the way they changed in their lives kind of affected their friends as well and they wanted to be a part of it so we grew so a lot of your first students were were just word of mouth like starting to ask your friends and then them starting to tell their friends and it kind of spread that way as opposed to you putting up billboards where you just knew you would be blasted Yes, exactly. No billboards still. No billboards whatsoever. No actual marketing. Like Really? Yeah. Wow. The most the most thing that I do is Facebook marketing. Okay. And that, you know, because you can choose the type of person that you want to attract. That's it. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's crazy. So, did you have were you okay setting up the studio, like getting the poles, doing all of that, or did you have any issues being that you were Oh man. That was so stressful because I contacted uh, well, some companies. Okay. Uh, and they refused to ship to Turkey. Oh. I have no idea why. Like, they weren't like, but I was looking at the, you know, where they ship. I was like, well, you're shipping to Cyprus, so we're technically closer than Cyprus. So you should be able to ship to Turkey. But they just didn't. They just they just stopped replying me. So I was like, well, right, technically, I went to Australia to learn how to produce circus apparatuses safely. So I know how to do a poll. But the problem was with the studio that we first have, we couldn't put any holes on the ground at all Uh and we didn't figure out like I had some time I needed some time to figure out the suspension system and my dad is an engineer so we just sat down 
like drew insane amount of stuff and decide, like came up with this structure that we could use in that studio, which was ridiculous to use. Now we have improved it, but basically we produced our own poles. That's insane. Go dad. I mean, <laughs> go joy too, but go joy and dad. So you produced, because you couldn't get anyone to ship poles, you just exactly. had to produce your own poles for your studio. Yeah. And engineer them. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> we still do because like the new studio that we moved in was had two high ceilings and we could do anything we want. So it was a different challenge. So it was like, well, these poles are bending. So we need to solve this problem too. And now, eventually, because we learned how to do it, we started selling our own poles to our students, too. Because it's really? now they ship. Now those companies ship to Turkey because oh. there's a high demand. But it's still too expensive. So they just wanted to get it from us. Yeah, I'm sure it's, the shipping is yeah. crazy. So you've kind of started a side business just making poles <laughs> and selling them to students. and. I know, yes. Yes, that's brilliant. I wouldn't even know how to go about doing that. So kudos to you. Thank you. It was it was very hard at first, but now it's a system. So now I've got it covered. Okay, I trust you. <laughs> wow. So how yes. many studios do you have now? Now we have three and fourth and fifth are on the way. So and in what are they all over Turkey? Are they mostly just in Istanbul or What's your they are all in Istanbul now. All okay. three are in Istanbul, but Istanbul is a huge city. Like one is in European side, the bigger bigger one with twenty two no twenty three poles is in European side. Twenty and... twenty three poles in one studio. Yeah, Stop. yeah. One I room know. or multiple rooms. Well, there are two rooms right next to each other, but there is a curtain in between. So if we want, we can separate it into two little studios. Well, not really little, but no. yeah, you know. Yeah, but if we want to, like we open it and it's a stage. And when we do our annual student shows in there is a stage too. Because we can remove the poles as well, however we want. So it's like engineered them that way. Yes, yes, because we wanted to have shows there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that's amazing. So what kind of classes do you offer? Do you just have pole or are you doing like chair classes and floor work classes as well? Or And I know are you your business partner, are you doing hip hop classes there or... Um, there is workshops. My business has concentrated mostly on burlesque, so cool. she teaches burlesque. And there is pole dance classes, there is exotic pole classes, there is pole fitness classes, and there is stretching classes a lot. But apart from that, we do mainly like uh, lap dance, dripties, or floor work as separate workshops because, like, if we use it as classes, then our students are like, well, we want to come to everything, but we don't know how to, so we just decided to, you know, have them as workshops uh, every once in a while. We have, like, two or sometimes three workshops every month, and, you know, they can come whichever they want to come. That's cool, and I forgot to ask, what year did you open your first studio? And 2013, 2013. So three years ago. Okay. Yeah. Wow, you've grown pretty quickly. And so when you have <laughs> the workshops, are you having people from outside um, Turkey come? Are you having like pole, pole stars, quote unquote, swinging through and teaching workshops? Or is it more local teachers? 
Um, when, I, when we're teaching our regular workshops, it's local teachers. Sometimes we have visitors coming from other countries because Istanbul is kind of like a contact point uh, between other places. So we occasionally do get a lot of students from other countries. But I also have been hosting Pole Stars since the first year, basically. Uh, starting with Arlene. <laughs> yeah, Arlene Caffrey. She yes. is um, a past guest on the podcast, and she is Miss Burlesque Ireland, and she's an amazing pole dancer. So if you haven't listened to that one, check yes. out Arlene's podcast. And that is how I met Joy, through Arlene. So thank you, Arlene. <laughs> thank you, Arlene. <laughs> she was my first pole star to have at the studio. And then I had a lot of pole stars, actually. But there were mostly our students who were attending to workshops. But I did have a pole camp last year, which was like getting attention from other countries as well. I have like I had like German people coming in, people from Dubai and Russia. So, yeah, wow. that's cool. And so, do you have? Um, like problems getting people to come or is it more like you're seeing people are traveling and it is just an easy place to swing through and like people it, people are starting to discover Turkey as a place to pull? Um, I think I have become very lucky with the people that I have hosted uh, because first of all, I only host people that I personally know, okay. and that's always helpful. Yeah. Because the hardest thing for me is Turkish liras is so weak against US dollars or euros. Oh. So it's three times less, and oh. if I have to pay Yay. them in euros or dollars, it's just insane amount of money and I can't ask that of my students yeah. but I say well you know you know I have 22 poles and uh, it's a very nice studio and I would love to give you more money per head but can we do it as per workshop price or this and this is the problem so when I give them a logical explanation uh, I haven't had anyone who had said no yet so they are like everyone I've hosted has been amazing, friendly and understanding of the situation. And well, you know, That's we cool. have fun together when they come to. And yeah. there's a parkour studio downstairs which has a pole like foam pit. And I have a Chinese pole which we can put in the foam pit. So I kind of say, yeah, if you come, then I'll put the Chinese pole in the foam pit, which worked very well <laughs> with some of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you make it worth people's while yes so um, it, it is like that and I, I think uh, I am like I, they stay at my house because I have a very big house so they can have their own condo and I cook for them and you know they hang out together so it's always been fun so That's far. amazing. And I'm sure people are really happy to be part of um, this kind of movement that you're starting amongst the women so I would love to talk about that more like do you have any stories of you know people maybe not really understanding your studio or what you're trying to achieve and then being immersed in pole and kind of like people finding themselves or opening their minds at all or yes yeah. we had a lot of funny stories actually um the the most important one being uh my beloved students uh, convinced me that I should attend, you know, one of those talent shows. So we have like a talent show, which is like 
Turkey's Got Talent. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so they have convinced me to apply for that. And of course, TV being TV, they thought it would be sensational to have like a person who is doing pole dance in Turkish national television. So they said yes. So I gathered up my poles. I do my. I thought what I what I what I thought was a contemporary pole dance con, uh, choreography, which was like super closed tights, like the most conservative pole dance outfit that you can find or see ever in your life. So I was there, and then you know it was broadcasted. And next thing I know, uh, the channel gets fined. 500,000 Turkish liras because it was my performance was morally what did they say inappropriate <laughs> yeah <Stop. laughs> I know I was like what <laughs> are they going to make me pay that so I at first I was kind of <laughs> I'm like, no 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no they didn't but no, they were kind of they like, also you know, know. It's like, good, that's good publicity for them, though, and they knew it. <laughs> so you did them a favor. I know, but then, you know, all of a sudden, everywhere in the papers, they were like, this girl stripped uh, on, like, they, she took her bra off, and it's, I was still using my real name, and my mom is kind of like a famous writer in Turkey, by the way. Oh. So it was kind of like, is it her daughter? You know, some very educated people and I say educated In we're talking about how, yeah how immoral I was you know how slutty I was and how could I do that and something and my studio uh, is kind of like in the middle of um, the, the biggest one is in like a industrial area so there is like a lot of you would say, again, quote, uneducated people uh, in their working, like making things with their hands. So I was kind of thinking, and I have blue hair. It's impossible. Like in Istanbul, I was probably one of the 10 people who had blue hair. So I'm very <laughs> used to spot on street. So I was walking. I was kind of anxious. I was like, oh, what are they going to say if the educated people were saying those horrible things about me? What are these going to say? And what made my day or year or life was a couple of them ran to me and said, what the hell did you do on TV? And I was like, oh, here we go, here we go. And they said, that was so hard. You hold on to that with your armpit. How could you do that? You're so strong. And I was like, what? Not, no slutiness or no me being immoral or something? So those people who you would say, you know, just go to primary school was so open-minded and so supportive of us and it was like don't worry we're going to protect us you know if somebody comes and asks we're not going to tell them where you are and I was like thank you oh my goodness <laughs> so, yeah so that was nice and I realized you know it's not about education at all it's being able to look at things from a broader perspective and it was kind of hard at first, but then I decided to, you know, just forget about it and everything calmed down after a while. Three or two, three to five people kind of sent me messages and asked me to be my slaves if I wanted them to. That was funny. 
<laughs> I see the direct correlation there. Why would they not assume that that's what you were looking for on yeah. television? As, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I seriously considered it, but then decided <laughs> So that happened. And Amazing. luckily, after that, some people started googling pole dance and my students started going to doctors because when you're going to, when you're going to doctor and when they see your bruises it's always a funny story how to explain that yeah. or hairdressers or you know what do you do for a sporting and they suddenly started saying you know that girl who was in you know turkey's got talent that's our teacher we do that and everybody was like oh do you do competitions too that's so amazing it's actually a sport isn't it so, you know, by that little thing that I made, which actually felt horrible at first with the responses of everybody, the media and everything, it started a chain reaction uh, yeah. of sorts. And then we started to grow really a lot because we were able to get to some, um, some people who we weren't able to by word of mouth, like conservative people, people who are like living in more Islamic um, families, for example. We did have um, people who are wearing headscarves in our studio, and they were amazing, too. Like, they just wanted to come out and check what it is. They were so friendly, non-judgmental, and we were non-judgmental to them, too. So, you know, we became friends with them, and... That's how the community kind of grew very eclectic. And yeah. yeah. So have you have people from all different kind of cultures. That's so rad. Wow. So you really it's like this kind of like underground movement of people kind of like whispering like you got to try this you got to do this because you know a lot of us aren't really aware of of Turkish culture but it is you're saying on, on the whole, it's very conservative. They are not really open to sensuality or sexuality. And you're kind of proving at the same yes. time that you can be sensual and sexual and you don't have to be wearing makeup necessarily with the long hair. And it can also be athletic. You're like blowing minds over there. <laughs> sort of, yes. I think so. It, it's great. I mean, because I love the change of looks and these women's eyes you know they're more confident they're strong they're like they're not able to say no like they're not able to they weren't able to say no to some stuff maybe before because this is what what we learn in Turkish culture as well saying no is bad you know you should always think of other people but you know what if what if something is hurting me but, you know, you're going to be a nice Turkish woman and not say anything and try to cope with it. Submissive. No. Submissive. Yes, very yeah. submissively. And, you know, they're not, a, they're not scared to say no anymore. They're not scared to say yes to some things anymore, neither, which is also very important. So. Wow. That's so cool. And may I ask what your mom, what your mom's reaction was to everything well, my mom is a dilemma. <laughs> Whereas your dad's helping you engineer polls. What's going on with mom? <laughs> yeah, mom is not still very happy about what I'm doing because she secretly always hoped. Well, I'm a huge uh, nerd, by the way, science nerd. Oh, cool. So she always 
thought that I would be some sort of physician that would say like cure cancer or do something to save the world or something and I was like hey, I'm going to open a pole studio <laughs> and she was like what <laughs> but look you're no. look how much you are changing the world you know it's like people can't yeah. she can't see it from that perspective <laughs> but <laughs> yeah she was kind of scared that I would become uh, in her words, a slut, because I don't use the word slut as a necessarily negative thing. I like the word slut. Yeah, yeah we have so to she, take ownership back of that and like yeah. use, it, uh, use it in an empowering way rather than letting people demoralize us by, by that exactly. word. So she thought, you know, at one point she woke up and I don't usually go to stay at my mom's house anymore. You know, we have our differences and we weren't really body buddies anyway mm-hmm. ever so I was one day staying at my mom's house and she woke up in the middle of the night and she was like tell me please you're not a prostitute and I'm like no mom I'm not a prostitute <laughs> 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 and she didn't come to the studio until this year actually it has been three years and I have been teaching Paul since like four and a half years and she just decided to come to the studio this year because my sister is also working for me as a trainer right now. And she's going to competitions and she's like, okay, let's check this out now. So she came to the studio. She met my students who are respectful as hell and they are so cute. And they are like, one of them is a CEO somewhere. The other one is an engineer. The other one is like doing his math degree and everyone is like having a nice conversation and she was like wait a minute these people are cool and I was like yeah you know we are cool me too I am not you know whatever you're imagining a prostitute yes <laughs> those are not synonymous in the least <laughs> no pole dance but- pole dancer and, and prostitute that's amazing how you know some people can be so educated but so close-minded that somehow their mind will allow that connection when you know yeah like you say the guy up the street with the primary school education is seeing it for what it is and is seeing like wow that is super powerful what you're doing you you keep going you know yeah Exactly. I mean, to be honest, like, I think, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. I will make sure that she doesn't (laughs) listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she needs to hear it. Maybe she needs to hear it, yes. So I think my mom did have some problems expressing her sensuality and living through her, like, feminine side and to be able to have sex without having the the dogmas like the bad feelings that our society inflicts upon us so i think that was that what freaked her out that mm-hmm. i was doing something like this yeah i mean that dogma exists all over the world i'm even more so where you're located it's definitely a more strong dogma but you know as they say when you see people having strong issues against something it's just a reflection of themselves and that's how I kind of try to see things like whoa if you're lashing out against me what's going on inside of you because that's where the problem is it's just a mirror so I think you're probably very correct in that assessment <laughs> yeah I think so too but she's better now I mean I think she come to terms that I'm not going to stop so 
Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you doing the studio, creating the studio, creating um, like this community for all these women to kind of find this empowerment, empowerment together. You are really slowly changing the culture. It's, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's what I really wanted to anyway. I mean, that's what I also don't understand sometimes in the pole world where, where there is a conflict against, you know, sporty pole people and exotic pole people. You know, being a pole dancer is a political and existential and um, philosophical statement. Mm-hmm. And you can, it's so powerful. You can use this power to do some good for this world. Like, how, how else are you going to get to this many people, male and female, from this many different backgrounds, like housewives, mothers, gymnasts, or, like, CEOs, or, like, people who have done nothing about sports whatsoever in their lives can do this and love this. Yeah. How else are you going to connect those people together? Like, this connection is so powerful. And if we want the world to get better, we should always, like, think about listening to each other and making the next generation better. So, like, making this generation happier about themselves and being able to empower them. Like, it is so right there. We should start realizing this and start connecting better, actually, I think. I think so, too. (laughs) It's good. You know, yeah, when people try to separate, you know, the sensual from the the sport, it weakens it because it's kind of making this um, subconscious statement that you can't be sporty and sexy or you can't be sexy and sporty. And like we're women and men and we can be both and and so much more. Why do we have to separate them? And that's why polls so cool, because you know, you can focus on all aspects of yourself and not compartmentalize, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're not yeah. mutually exclusive, you know, the sporty side and the exotic side. Exactly. I mean, they're not mutually exclusive in a person anyway. Correct. I mean, if you're going to do sports, then you're not going to have sex. What? <laughs> I mean, yeah. everyone is sensual and sexual. If you're a human, you are sexual, period. So... I mean, it's your right to be able to express it however you want. But, you know, it's not nice when another person says something about it or vice versa. Correct. Correct. Yeah, you put that really well. Which, And then I'm also wondering, what's like, okay, so we've been talking about the women thing and... Um, you've mentioned that it's, you know, a very patriarchal society there and that you've been reaching so many women. Now, what about the dudes? You got any dude pollers over there yet? Like, are you slowly reeling them into like the, the, uh, empowerment of the pole community? We got three dudes (laughs) that are, yeah, continuing. Two of them have just gotten like, the teacher training from me and they started teaching classes and I'm proud of them by the way um, because it's kind of hard to be like it is a hard it is hard to be pole dancer in Turkey anyway to be a male pole dancer in Turkey is even harder that stigma must be incredible for them to bear right yeah 
Exactly, and they have like they have this uh, identities they use to be able to post on Instagram because you know because they work in a company and then they they don't want their bosses to find out you know and kick them out of the company because of that because it is very possible. So we have now three. We had more, but you know they're kind of coming and going. They're all super cute and super nice, but also I think like the. Generally, the pain issue of pole is not very compatible with our male pole dance. <laughs> let's say really? I don't want to generalize it, but they are kind of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Oh, it hurts!" It's like, "Yes, we know it hurts us too. Deal with it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. They probably just see. You know, I think a lot of people, men and females, look at pole and they are just seeing like either it. It's the strength of like being able to execute or it's like, oh, being able to have that dance movement um, confidence. But I don't know if people realize how painful it is. And the guys are probably like, I can like I can iron X. But can you sit on a pole? (laughs) Because that shit hurts. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. That's what we had. You know, people are saying like, I can do this. I can do that. Yeah, but there is also this. Have you heard about that? I mean, to be able to transition onto some movement on the pole, you will have to go through the pole at some point. You will have to put your skin on there. And they were like, oh, it hurts so much. No, I'm not going to do it. And I was like, meh. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's separate. It it really, it's a testament to um, someone's character that's able to, you know, to stick through that from a because men think, you know, it sounds yeah. like, you know, not. it sounds like Turkish men think maybe a no, little No, Turkish, yeah. Also, they want to be able to do it, like, and they are kind of proud to be, like, men and strong. And when they hurt and when they see us not complaining, I think it kind of hurts their egos. Like, Turkish men, I'm not generalizing in the, like, worldwide sense, because I know that Turkish men are quite special in their own sense. <laughs> so, yeah. We had a little bit of problems with the pain. <laughs> wow, that's so interesting. But it's cool that they're coming into the studio, you know, that you're kind of breaking down barriers that way. Yeah, we do. And sometimes, like, we have some conservative students which don't want to be exposed to any males in the studio. Okay. So sometimes we have, okay, this day is male-free day. So even if you're our student, please avoid to come to the studio this day because we have conservative students coming in. And it's kind of like in Islamic culture, you're not supposed to show certain parts of your body and even your hair to another man. So, uh, you know, we try to be respectful to both. And they're like, you know, we want you both, but sometimes we have to compromise kind of yeah I mean you have to be culturally sensitive to those things that's just a reality especially you know when you're dealing with so with so many different kind of backgrounds in one place like I remember at my studio we have Islamic people come in and their mothers actually come and they have to their moms have to be there and sit and that's okay like because Mm. you know they are other you know otherwise they wouldn't be have the opportunity to pull or be part of that community and it's you know, it's, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, and I think it's important to be able to 
get to as many different people as you can if it is empowerment that you seek. I spoke like Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We're just going to chalk it up to like the the accent and the translation. It's totally fine. (laughs) But yes, if you want to empower people, then you need to get them like you need to be able to understand what they're looking for and their specific problems and to be able to solve it yeah be open-minded yeah so what's your like what's the plan moving forward what's your trajectory like I know you said you have two more studios coming but what else do you see for yourself moving ahead um well for myself Specifically, I started coaching my students for competitions now. So uh, I have competed myself, but I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> so, Where are the, what are the competitions that they're competing in, just out of curiosity? Um, we had a group that competed in Polart Croatia okay, this Croatia. year in June. And mainly Europe, I mean, because it's closer and easier to get to. Mm -hmm. And so far, I haven't had anyone who wanted to go to pole sport competition. Uh, But they all want to go to either pole theater or pole arts, like more creative, dancey and expressive competitions. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I started coaching them individually and as a group now. And it's so exciting for me because when I'm on stage, when I'm going on stage, either a competition or a performance, I never get excited. Like I never get anxious. Of course, I positively get excited, but I never get anxious. Like I don't get cold feet. I don't get like this. Yeah, I mean, it's so weird. Like some people say that, you know, you're kind of like made for competitions even because I don't get stressed. Sounds like like it, it. yeah. Yeah. So, but when my students, like when first of them started to go on stage, I was like cold, sweating, (laughs) like my heart beating. I was like, oh my God, is this a heart attack or a panic attack or what? And then I couldn't sit still. And I was like, oh my God, if everyone else is feeling this when they're going on stage, it sucks. But it was also exciting, and I love that feeling. And I cry every time one of my students on stage. Oh, but you don't want to do it yourself. You're more just like mama bear wanting to kind of encourage other yeah. people. Well, yeah. Well, the only reason that I competed was uh, that I could show my students that we can do that too. Like we can go to a competition and get a placement and be successful. And I've done it like two times already. And I don't get a specific um, joy out of winning. Like some people do. Some people feel that they've succeeded but I don't have like a preference like first or third or none doesn't really matter for me so I like performing yes but to be able to go to a competition you need to apply certain rules as well like I don't like my time to be limited for example or the fact that there's two poles one is spinning the other one is static yes I understand if you're going to compete you're going to be able to do both but sometimes for performance sakes for character's sake I don't want to go on spinning pole or I maybe not want to go like touch the floor at all maybe I just want to stay on the pole 
So I really don't like to be able to create something for a competition. And I thought, you know, I really take a long time to create something for the competition anyway. For five or six months, I like to prepare, like, properly and create a character and dig deeper and, like, work on the expressions and everything. So in, at the end, I was like, well, if I'm going to spend five or six months for something, I might as well do something that I like. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to do, like, video performances I recently created a new kind of apparatus. What is that? I'm not going to tell you. It's a surprise. (laughs) If we follow you on social media and stuff, it will be revealed, though? Yes. Okay. Oh, fascinating. It is kind of like a pole, but not really. So I have been working on that for a while. And I want to first make it as a video project because there are so many things we can do with the video project. And I want to play with the idea of perception of reality and gravity. And my sister is a, uh, is a director and she specializes in uh, like dance videos, dance oh, videography. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so we are going to create something like a video project, like individual ones separately. And then maybe I'll just find a way to perform with it somewhere. I don't know. Yes, or not, you know, but I love like well done artistic poll videos. So yeah. I, I highly encourage that because, you know, what's cool about that is that shareable. And so you can people can share that and have that experience, maybe not live, but, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it's. It's yeah. of no less value than a live performance. So, No, of course not. Yeah. I mean, you put so much work into video as yeah. well. The fact that you can record it when you fall doesn't take any importance out of it or value out of it. I mean, it's a different kind of artistic expression, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and the type of thing that I want to do with the video is kind of impossible on live. So <laughs> I... It's art, man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, but I will be able to perform with it at some point if I find a way to carry it around. <laughs> wow. We don't know what this apparatus is, so I love yeah. the tease. I can't wait to find out. Please, please reveal it soon. <laughs> yes, I will. It's a couple of months, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Wow. So you have a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um and so, yeah. you know, I'm going to put all of your social media in the show notes so people mm-hmm. can check that out um, and follow Thanks. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's go into the, the second half of the interview, the standard questions I ask everyone. Mm-hmm. And so question number one, who is your pole crush? My ultimate pole crush is Felix Gain and always will be. Yeah. Like... I have always people who I admire, mostly my friends, like I admire Phoenix Kazre and Yvonne Sming are my favorite polars. I love to watch them. I love hanging out with them and learn from them and jam with them. But Felix Kane is really literally the first video that I watched on YouTube and the one in 2006, the one she won. Mm-hmm. And that performance took my breath away. And I'll, I'll put so, that in the show notes too, so people can yeah. also share that feeling. Yeah. 
Yeah, and now when you look at it, 10 years ago, Paul was so naive. But still, she was so good. Like, she enjoyed herself. And that's what I love about Paula as well. Just, you know, enjoying. And then she had this cute interview in the beginning, which was kind of like, you know, I'm just here to share. I'm not here to win. And I was like, oh, my God, she's so humble. I love her to pieces. Um, so I haven't met her yet. Hopefully, I will meet her today. But, yeah. I hope you do, too. Yeah, staying true to your Australian roots. You know, she's so important to this community and so amazing. So that's a it's good yeah. crush. Awesome. Yes, I think so. And so this is an interesting question because um, how would you like to see the poll community evolve over the next five years? And this is probably going to be different for you than we've heard from la- from other guests just because you're coming from a completely different place with it, namely Turkey. So <laughs> how, would, yeah. how would you like to see it evolve? Um, I would like, well, see it evolve. That's, that's a tough one. But, you know, I think I would really like to see more from a, like a studio owner and a trainer perspective. I really would like to see better teacher trainings. Okay. Like, because it's not like all gymnasts and dancers and body aware people anymore. Like we have grandmas, we have people who have never done sports True. anymore. You're not training so, necessarily just athletes, which is kind of like easier. You know, let's face it. Uh, yeah, as I said, I don't yeah. want to say easier, but yeah, trying to spot or teach someone who is not athletic to get into certain things is a challenge. Yeah, or to, to be able to prepare their bodies even, like, because it's not just muscles, it's, like, joints and it's health as well. So if we want this to be, like, a mainstream sport and sustainable sport, then our trainers really need to educate themselves. And I think the teacher training certifications need to be not just two days, but a little bit longer and more serious, maybe, in terms of testing. So because I've had a lot, like, uh, because I want to train my own trainers as well. And I have gone all around the world and take all different kinds of like teacher trainings just to be able to see what they're like. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think I will hire anyone who just did this. So yeah, what's the training like at your studio? You said you do your own teacher training. Yeah, I do my own teacher training and it's like it the education part is two and sometimes two and a half months long. Okay. And you have to be an assistant teacher uh, for at least four months to be able to start teaching small classes and you have to pass three tests. So I need to be able to see you do the moves that you're going to teach technically perfectly, not necessarily very aesthetically, but technically good. Okay. And I, there is like a theory test, which is actually hard. And it, a practical test is me seeing you teach people. And then in the, after the test, if you pass the test, you can start your assistant teacher And the teacher that I assign you to report to me and I tell them what to work on. Like if I think like your communication skills with people are weak, then they put you in situations that you would be able to work on that. 
for example, okay. under uh, like under guidance. Okay. And then if you want to continue, then you can start your first year of teaching with us. And if we are both happy, then you can continue being a regular teacher. Wow, that's cool. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I just realized this is like terrible interviewer. Um, but I forgot to ask, what's the name of your pole studio? Because people are going to want to look that up. I mean, I know what it is, which is why I didn't ask. But for people who don't know, what is the name of your pole studio so they can look it up and check it out? It's called Wow. Wow. W-O-W. Wow Studio Istanbul. Yes. We also call it Wow Classes. Because when we first opened the studio, we didn't you know, we wanted to kind of hide a little bit and we didn't want to really re- re- reveal oh, that we were a studio. studio. So you, yeah, so we were saying, wow, classes. What kind of classes? Wow. <laughs> 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 yeah. But it's actually, it's the open, like women, uh, well, women of wonder or wonder of women, like backwards. So. Oh, I love that. That's cool. I'll also, yeah, I'll put that link in the show notes. And did we cover everything that you have coming up? So, you know, people can check out your your studio um, and then people can f- follow your social media to find out about this new apparatus and see this video that you're preparing. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you have coming up that um, you wanted to share? Well, I'm going to uh, judge Pole Fusion Belgium and I'm going to teach workshops there and it's an amazing festival for anyone who wants to go to Europe Pole Fusion is kind of like the only competition that you can do whatever literally you want to do yes and it's like you just there is just one rule you need to fuse pole with something like something else like whether it would be theater or hip-hop dance or ballet or aerial circus performances juggling whatever you can think of so i love that festival because you get there and people come up with the craziest ideas and it's so amazing to watch them like uh freely express whatever they want to it's just so interesting oh yeah and paul you know we always talk about it on the show about how Pole is the way we're, we're going to reach the masses is by fusing pole with other things, whether it be like burlesque or whether it be circus or whether it be, you know, I like, you know, hip hop, things like that. So it's kind of like this. It, it just makes it more interesting and dynamic. So it's called Pole Fusion Belgium. Yes. Sounds, and when is it? Um, this year, I think it's the, the 19th of December. December. Okay, so you have time. Yes. People have time to book tickets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to get out there. People will probably the, be off from work for the holidays, so it's perfect. Yeah, well, it, it, the tickets finish, like, run out pretty quickly. So if you really want to come, then you better be quick about it because it's an awesome, like, festival. And the theater isn't that big, too. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So any seat's a good that. seat. Oh, good for you. Yeah. That's going to be really fun to be up front too, be, uh, being like a judge. So you're going to have the best seat in the house. Oh, my God. I judged it last year. It's so hard to judge like those artistic competitions when it's so free as well because there is no like um, division of any sort. So groups together, like... Oh. 
duos together, males, females. There is no amateurs or like you just judge with the base of, you know, there is a story. Are they able to express the story well? Are they in their own level technically good? And, um, you know, are they fusing whatever they want to fuse well enough with Paul or something? But it's so hard because everyone does something so different. And how are you going to judge that? Like, it's kind of stressful, but it's a tough challenge, which I always like tough challenges anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it Uh, sounds like it. (laughs) And you seem to do well with tough challenges, so you're a good person to to have. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that sounds really cool. Um, So, before I let you go, can you sign off with an empowering quote or message or anecdote for everyone listening? Or watching? <laughs> um, I don't know if it's a code, but I think it's very motivational. Okay. It requires some sort of information first. And it's something that I say to my students. Okay. Is like, you know how there is this, right now my nerdy part is coming out. So our brain is our most powerful tool for anything. And our brain neurologically is connected to our muscles so and our thoughts uh, direct our muscles so if we want to talk uh, we talk if we want to walk we walk so it is I think very important to be able to control and understand the value of this and your weakness is only a weakness if you perceive it so so in your training I always suggest be positively delusional <laughs> and wait, there is more constructively skeptical. Okay. So be positively delusional. Like look at your video and say, oh my God, I'm fucking awesome. And then it's like, could I do it a little bit better if I did this? Yes, next time, but I'm awesome. This is really what you need to do to be able to get better because negative criticism doesn't really work for your brain very well. Oh, that is nerdy and great and empowering and all all (laughs) of the above. I really like that. I'm going to keep that in mind now next time I'm in class. (laughs) It's so nerdy, I know, but I am so for it. Like There is a reason why there is something called placebo effect. Oh, yeah. Placebo is real. So and our, yeah. our brains are powerful. So, yeah. so don't be like muddying it up thinking bad things. Yeah. The only thing you need to do to get better is do the same thing every day or not every day, but like over and over again anyway. Yeah. So why feel bad about it? Like at least feel awesome about it. So it will be the fun. Like the journey would be fun as well. There you go. Yeah, people say that a lot. You got to enjoy the journey, you know, and you're not going to hit something the first time every time or that would be like a really boring life, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, it's more fun like that, I think. Heck yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Joy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was so educational and so fun (laughs) and so interesting speaking with you today. 
I am so glad you think so. I enjoyed being here a lot. It's great talking to you too, Crimson. Yeah. It's so amazing what you're doing, like speaking for everybody and like spreading the word out for everyone else. So thank you for having me. Oh, of course. We're, we're taking over. Pull power. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Bye, darling. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.